You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Best in the World Sports Report. I am John Brown, here with you once again. Feeling good, well, you know, it's a little bittersweet, I guess. You want to call it bittersweet? I don't know. Anyway, you know, I'm feeling good because the Eagles won on Sunday, all right? They beat the Rams. You know, so much for all the people who are coming out there talking about how the Eagles hadn't beaten a good team and they had beaten a bunch of trash or whatever. Anyway, we went out to L.A., beat probably either this, depending on how you want to look at it. If you want to look at the standings, maybe the third best team in the NFC. I'm not sure where you put the Rams as far as do you put them ahead of the uh, the Vikings or behind the Vikings. But nonetheless, the L in L.A. stands for loss, which is what we hung on the Rams. We beat the Rams 43-235 in L.A. So for that, I'm feeling good. Carson Wentz finished, what, 291 passing yards, four TDs, beasting out, a great game. Totally outperformed Jared Goff. I mean, Jared Goff, he did, he went, what, 16, um, let me look, 16 for 26, 199 yards, two touchdowns, but that's not 291 and four touchdowns. So with that, I'm feeling good. I'm, you know, it, it was a dogfight. You know, we've played a lot of games. The Eagles have played a lot of games where, you know, they, they've handled and they've throttled opponents. That wasn't the case this week. For most of the game, it was a dogfight. You know, they had to fight from behind a couple of times. And, and the outcome was in doubt. The outcome was in doubt. We know that. We understand that. But in the end, you won. And that's all you need. We're 11-2. and two feeling good we're going into the playoffs we're playing the Giants this weekend not a real not a lot of reason to really you know talk about this Giants game the Giants are terrible they got their coach fired their coach on his way out the door you know he's like all right I know I'm I'm I know I'm gonna get fired let me uh let me bench Eli Manning on my way out and just speed up the process I think Bob McAdoo wanted to get fired. I think he was looking at that slop of a team that he had with all the injuries and then dealing with everything that goes on in there. You know, an aging Eli Manning, a prima donna like Odell Beckham, who you knew was was eventually going to be back in that locker room after injury. And he was like, you know what? I'm good. I am good on this. You know what I mean? I mean, it just is what it is, you know. So I think the Eagles should be able to handle the Giants because the Giants are a team. They're they're a mess. That team is a mess. So they should be able to handle this. So we should be able to come back next week and talk about our 12-2 team. If they don't, we'll have a whole slew of different problems to talk about. But that's for next week's show. We got to talk about this last game because we all know what the big story was as far as Sunday's game. Carson Wentz injures his knee with about four minutes left to go in the third quarter. Now, for me, that whole sequence from when he hurt himself to when he finally walked off the field, that kind of sums up the kind of guy we have as our franchise quarterback. That sums up what kind of dude Carson Wentz is. He got hurt running for a touchdown. He got in the end zone, scored a touchdown. The touchdown was called back because of a holding penalty. But not only does he stay in the game, he stays in the game for four more plays. Four more plays. Now, the first two were runs, whatever. He's still on the field with the torn ACL. That's our starting quarterback, our franchise quarterback on the field with the torn ACL. You know, and people, I mean, it's like people talk about Carson Wentz staying in the game to score that uh, that touchdown as if he was just in for one more play. Like he got hurt, he came back to the side, you know, he comes back and they score on the next play. That's not the case. It was four more plays and they score on a fourth down play. So that kind of further, it further speaks to the type of player and type of man Carson Wentz is. Because to me, it was like Carson was not going to allow this team to go two games in a row, getting down to the goal line and not scoring. 
It could Carson was not going to let what happened in Seattle last week happen again this week. We all know what happened in the game of Seattle. You know, he gets down to the one and he fumbles, and that pretty much like that was the turning point in the game. That was how things turned around and things kind of turned for the worse in that Seattle game. Things could have been a whole lot different had the Eagles scored on that possession. And could you imagine what it would be like for us as fans, having been in this situation with the Rams, after what happened the previous week with the Seahawks, getting down to the goal line again, and Carson not getting the ball in the end zone, us not scoring a touchdown, and then come to find out after all that, after we walk away empty-handed, that he's hurt, and that Carson is done for the year with a torn ACL? Had they not scored on that on that possession, there's a good chance they probably would have lost the game. They probably would have lost the game. So for me, it's like, okay, that's our quarterback. That is our franchise quarterback putting it on the line to help lead this team to victory. And it makes me proud of the man that we call our franchise quarterback. All right. I mean, that just, it just, it shows, you know, it just shows the type of guy he is. It shows the type of competitor he is. And in the end, they got in the end zone. They scored a touchdown. They come back and win. The birds pulled it out. Jay Ajayi put in some work, had some rough, you know, had a rough couple of weeks. Jay Ajayi had a rough couple of weeks, but he pulled it out, put in 78 yards. Torrey Smith, the guy that we've always been, we've, we've been on Torrey Smith a lot. And a lot of people are talking about, you know, now that we have locked up Alshon Jeffries, maybe we should just let Torrey Smith walk. I disagree with that. I believe Torrey Smith should be here. I want Torrey Smith to be here because I believe that I want Torrey Smith to be the number two wide receiver because I like what Nelson Aguilar is is doing. But I don't want Nelson Aguilar to be the number two receiver because I don't want Nelson Aguilar to be moved out of the slot. I think what has made Nelson Aguilar dangerous this year is the fact that he's in the slot, and that's where I want him to stay. Now, I've heard some people talk about uh, bringing in – Elevating Mac Hollins to the number two wide receiver, I think that's a big move. I think that's kind of risky. I don't like that. I think the reason why the Eagles wide receiver core has had the issues that they've had over the last couple of years is because we thrusted players into a role they weren't ready for too soon. The reason why we needed Alshon Jeffrey and we needed Torrey Smith was because we had thrusted uh, – we had thrusted uh, J-Matt and Nelson into higher roles too early. When we let Jeremy Macklin walk and we decided, hey, you know what? Matthews can be the number one wide receiver and Nelson Aguilar can be the number two wide receiver. They're ready. Guess what? They weren't ready. They weren't ready. And thus, we struggled for the next couple of seasons until we went out and brought in Alshon Jeffrey and brought in Torrey Smith. So I believe that, yes, you know, Torrey Smith has not might not have been putting in Pro Bowl numbers, but he's been putting number he has put in numbers for me that make him an asset as a number two wide receiver. So I would I know I might be in the, uh, in the minority, but I want to keep Torrey Smith, Trey Burton. Let me tell you something about Trey Burton. He was a beast. 71 yards, two touchdowns. Now, it was, that was bittersweet for me personally, all right? It was bittersweet for me personally because Trey Burton beasted out 71 yards, two touchdowns, and he was firmly planted on my bench for my fantasy football team. So I took a, I took it out. Sat there, looked at uh, I looked at Burton, and I'm like, you know what? I know Zach Ertz isn't gonna. Uh, I know Zach Ertz is, is is hurt. Should I start him? Should I not? Uh, I went back and forth, decided to keep him on the bench. And guess what? I took an L. Had I started Trey Burton, I would have won. I lost to Javon of all people. I lost to Javon. He's not here this week. Um, he'll be back next week. Shout out to him. I'm pissed. I really don't want to talk to him because his team beat mine in fantasy football. And that's all I got to say about that. Fantasy football is dumb. Fantasy football is always dumb in the weeks I lose. All right? That's that's just how it is. That's just how I feel. Fantasy football is done. But I am in the playoffs, though. So, shout out to my squad. 
you know, Carson Wentz is my quarterback. But I got Phil, I got Philip Rivers. But that's another story. I'm not I'm not going on that fantasy football tangent. That's just not me today. All right, good win on Sunday. A good win and a win that should energize this city. It should energize us as fans. If you're an Eagles fan, we should be feeling good about that win on Sunday, especially given the L that we took against the Seahawks. You know, we should be riding high because we sat there. We went out and played a team that more than likely, if we want to get to the Super Bowl, there's a good chance that we'll face them again, that we'll see them again. And we handled them in their building. So if, we have to see them again, more than likely it will be in our building where it could be where fortunes could be different. And when I say different, I mean better. We're feeling good, but nonetheless, Carson's done for the year, y'all. It's done for the year. Now, now that just takes a lot of wind out of a lot of sails because for a lot of people, you know, when you get to a, when you get to a position where you're 11 and two, you start, you know, we're long past, the time where it's like, uh, should we believe, uh, can we believe, can they do it? Uh, will they do it? You know, we're past that. At this point, you should have a definite answer. You know, you're not on the fence. You're not like, uh, I don't know. 11 and two, you're like, yeah, I'm on board. And for a lot of people, it was Super Bowl or bust for this team. It was, this team needs to win a championship this year or this year is a failure. And I'm not going to lie. You know, you've heard me on this show. I've, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. All right. Now, when I say I was drinking the Kool-Aid, I'm not going to say I was Super Bowl or bust with this team. But I certainly believe that they could win a Super Bowl. I I believe that this team can win a Super Bowl. I wasn't going to say they will because, look, man, I'm 41 years old. You know how many different types of heartbreak I've had caused by this team in my life? You know, man, how many times, how many new and innovative ways this team has found to break my heart? So, no, I'm not going to be like, you know, they will win it or whatever or, you know, they can't lose. Of course they can lose. But I do believe that this was a team good enough to win it all. I believe that this is a team that is better than the other teams in this conference. I think this is a team that is currently that that was built and was better than whatever teams are in the AFC. I believe that this team with Carson Wentz can be better than uh, the New England Patriots, especially the 2017 New England Patriots. I think this team could be better than the 2016, excuse me, 2017 Pittsburgh Steelers. There's no way in hell this team was going to lose to the Kansas City Chiefs again. You know, this team is better than the Chiefs. They were better than the Chiefs week two. Things just didn't work out for them. Things just didn't go their way. That's fine. It happens. So for me, yeah, you know what? They could win a championship. They might win a championship. You know, it's possible. It's not impossible. There have been times before when there were teams that were good and you're sitting there and you're trying to take, you're trying to be as, you know, I don't know, what, what, what's the word? I, I, you know, politically correct, whatever. You know, it, you know I, I wasn't trying to have any bias. I wasn't trying to be a, a, a homer or whatever. And I was just like, you know what? Uh, when you take that honest look, like, you know what? This team's not good enough. That wasn't the case here. That wasn't the case here. This team could win it all, and I wouldn't be surprised, you know? And if they were to win it all, that's cool. But honestly, I was like, if they did not win it all, it wouldn't be a failure. It wouldn't. Because for me, this, this season, this particular season, this season right here for the Philadelphia Eagles is the house money year. This is the house money year. All right. This is the year they and it was always the house money year. You know, it, it hasn't changed with their current situation. This was the house money year at the very beginning of the season. You know, as this team was building up this winning streak, I'm like, you know what? This these are playing with these guys are playing with house money. This is a young team, you know, taking that next step and they are in a position where everything could fall into place and they could win it all. They could win it all. 
Because in the NFL, unlike any other sport, any other sport, all you have to do is get in. We're playing the Giants this weekend. The Giants won two Super Bowls as nine and seven teams. Went into the playoffs at nine and seven and won it all. You know, things fell into place. Things fell their way. And there's nothing to say that could not have happened if it wasn't for, you know, that could not have happened to us. There's nothing to say that could not have happened with us. You know, this is the house money year. So I'm like, hey, whatever they do this year, I would be cool with. If they didn't, if for some reason, even with Carson Wentz as quarterback, if they did not win the Super Bowl, I would not be disappointed. The only way I would have been, I would have been disappointed this season is had they went to the playoff if had they went to the playoffs and completely and utterly crapped the bed. If for some reason they're matched up with a team that they are 10 times better than and they come in here at home and got rolled, then I would be disappointed. Then I would be mad. But if, honestly, you know what? I do believe the Eagles are better than the Rams. I do believe the Eagles are better than the Vikings. I do believe the Eagles are better than the Seahawks. But if the Eagles were to lose to the Rams, the Vikings, the Seahawks, a team like that, you know what? It would be disappointing. It would suck. I would get over it. I would get over it. it I, I, I would. It wouldn't be a problem. I would honestly, I would get over it. Now, I understand that a lot of fans, a lot of fans were all in with this team. And I don't blame them. I have no beef with you if you were like, you know what, this was our year. This was going to be the year to do it. This was our year. I have, you know, I have no problem with that mindset. That's cool for you. I couldn't do it. I wasn't there, but I could have, I could do that. I mean, I, I'm saying if you wanted to do that, that's cool. That wasn't me. All right. You know, it's like, look, and just as there were fans who were like, you know, all in Super Bowl or bust, there were also fans who were like me. It was like, you know, let's just take this game by game. Let's just enjoy the ride. We're sitting here at the beginning of what could be a historic run, what could be the best run of football in all of our football lives. I'm, I'm assuming there aren't a lot of great, grandparents and grandparents who are on Facebook and on their computers listening to this podcast. So for you, if you're like me, you know, if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 30s, if you're in your 40s, even if you're in your 50s, this could be the great, you know, we could be at the start of the greatest run in Eagles history. Better than the years with McNabb, better than the years with Randall, better than the years with Jaws. You know, we're talking them old school, you know, back when, before it was even the Super Bowl. You know, when people try to tell us that the Eagles don't have championship rings, we bring up them rings from the 40s and the 50s or whatever. You know, that was still a good, that was a good run of Eagles football. That was probably the best run of Eagles football. Now, granted, granted 99.9% of the people who are, you know, tuned into this podcast don't remember that. You know, you can ask your old earth, you can ask your OGs, you can ask your grandparents, you know, whatever old head you know, they'll tell you about it. But this could be it. This could be the greatest run, you know, and we're at the beginning. So I'm like, let me sit back and enjoy this. Let me enjoy our franchise quarterback in his second year. Let me enjoy this, you know, this this young run, these, these wide receivers. Let me enjoy this offensive line. Let me enjoy, you know, Fletcher Cox in his prime. Brandon Graham in his prime. Malcolm Jenkins. You know, I, I want to see these these young these young Eagles as they fly. And who's to say who was wrong with what mentality you take? But nonetheless, we've come to a point where with this injury, there are a lot of fans jumping ship. A lot of fans doom and gloom this week. A lot of doom and gloom. A lot of people ready to jump off the bridge. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people jumping off the bridge. A lot of people talking that all is lost stuff. And keep it real. If you're watching me right now, let me know. Are there people that you know, people that you know personally, who were all doom and gloom once they found out that Carson was out for the year? We all know him. A lot of people hit me up on Facebook. Oh, man, what are we going to do? Oh, man, you know, the season's lost. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Oh, 
oh man, I just knew we were going to win it. We had it. And it's over. We all know that guy. You know what I'm saying? We all know that guy. And there are a lot of fans who are all doom and gloom because they have less faith in Nick Foles than they had with Carson Wentz. And I'm not sure why, you know, and for people who are all in, people who, you know, haven't wavered in their belief in this team, I don't understand why you guys find that so surprising, you know. But Nick Foles does have a lot of fans in this city, all right? And rightfully so. I mean, he won games here. He won some games here. He led this team to the playoffs. And, you know, for the people who like Nick Foles, for the people who support Nick Foles, you know, all you're hearing is like, hey, man, you're saying, hey, man, 2013, remember 2013? Remember what he did in 2013? 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, Pro Bowl MVP, Nick Foles, baby, Nick Foles. And look, man, that's cool. It was a great year. You can't take that away from him. You know, we thought that season could be lost. We thought the season could be lost. But Nick Foles, he pulled it out. He did great things. But for Foles fans, when they start talking about 2013, there are the the doubters and there are the Foles detractors. And they'll be like, hey, man, yeah, you know, 2013 was great. But one of the reasons, but the biggest reason I, you know, we jump off the Foles bandwagon is basically 2014. Eight total games played because he got hurt. 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 13 and 10 is a far cry from 27 and 2. Excuse me. And they follow that up in 2015. When he's playing for the Rams, 11 games played. Only 11 because he got benched. Seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Two years played. The two years after 27 and 2, he goes 20 and 20. Now, a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that he had Jeff Fisher as a coach. And Jeff Fisher was pretty much spent his, his life as a head coach. He's basically the grim reaper of quarterbacks. For anybody not named Steve McNair, you know that play, playing quarterback for you know Jeff Fisher over the last couple of years—that's that's basically where you go when you're ready for your career to die. You're just not going to flourish under him. You know he's a defensive coordinator. You know he's he's a defensive-minded quarterback, quarterback coach, or whatever you want to call it, head coach. However, whatever he's done, you know the roles that he's played, he's defensive-oriented. So he's just not a guy who really develops quarterbacks. Quarterbacks don't flourish under him. Case in point, Case Keenum. Case in point, Jared Goff. Case in point, if you want, you know, only time will tell, you know, Nick Foles. Jake Locker. You know, who else? You throw a name out there. You throw a name out there. But, so... But nonetheless, you know, however you feel about Fisher, you look at the last two, the last, you know, the two years since, uh, the two years since the 27 and two year that Nick Foles had for the Eagles. And there are people that will say, hey, man, that's the real Nick Foles, you know. And look, y'all know how I feel about Nick Foles. All right. I don't have to front for y'all. I've always kept it real how I felt about Nick Foles. I was never really a fan. I mean, I'm 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 gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I've I was never really a fan of Nick Foles. I thought he was overrated. I did. I honestly thought that Nick Foles was overrated. I thought he was average at best. I felt like he was a guy who was rammed down our throats by fans and commentators or whoever who were just tired of Mike Vick. You know, and I was in, and I, I will admit I was a, I was a Vic fan, but it was clear to me at that point that Mike Vic was at the end of his rope, at the end of the rope for him. It was it. 
You know, Mike Vick had come pretty much to the end. You know, his body had taken a beating. He couldn't stay healthy. You know, that, that was obvious. But I liked Mike Vick, and I wasn't necessarily convinced that Nick Foles was better. I thought that Nick Foles, I thought of Nick Foles as somebody else. Like people, sometimes people will get so frustrated with a player that they don't like that they fall into a, they fall into like a mindset that anybody can be better. And you see that in every sport. Like you talk to a Sixers fan right now and there are, you know, you, you could meet a million Sixers, fan, Sixers fans right now who believe that anybody will be better than TLC. And if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter or whatever, you see people literally just throw out any name as in they're a guy who could be better than TLC because TLC is so bad, anybody can be better than him. And that's not always the case. I felt like Nick Foles, people used to throw out Nick Foles because they just wanted him to be better than Mike Vick. And I was never really confident. I was never really convinced that he was. Now, I am not saying in any way, don't get me wrong. I am not saying in any way that I thought that there was a chance that Mike Vick playing for the Eagles could go through a season and throw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is you look at the results that the Eagles had that season. And I am saying all the games that Foles won, Mike Vick probably would have won had he stayed healthy. I feel like Nick Foles won the same games that Mike Vick would have won. He just won them differently. You know, he might not have had, Mike Vick might not have thrown the passing yards that Nick Foles threw, but he was still going to, you know, they were still going to win that game. Like Nick Foles had that seven touchdown game against Oakland. I'm not saying that Mike Vick would have thrown seven touchdowns in a game. But they would have still beaten Oakland with Mike Vick. That's all I'm saying. And But I understand the difference in the mentality. And I know people will sit there and will say, hey, man, you know, we needed to see what we had with Nick Foles. We got to see what we have. We got to see if the guy can play. Let me tell you something. That is the most overrated, overused phrase in all of football. I hate that phrase. It's dumb to me it's a stupid phrase to me oh we gotta see what we have we gotta see what we have man we know what we have in foals you knew what you had in foals in training camp it wasn't a big mystery there was nothing to see you know that, that's that's fodder that's that's shop talk that's you know that, that's empty rhetoric oh we need to see what we have we knew what we had you knew what he had and it never changed it never changed throughout his career. Nick Foles is a decent backup who had a very good season, benefiting from an unprecedented string of really good fortune. He played a lot of really bad teams. He had a lot of bad, played a lot of really bad teams and played a lot of teams who were hurting. Played a, a Green Bay team who basically had a cheerleader come off the sideline and play quarterback that game. I mean, that's just it. You know, I mean, I'm not calling, you know, I'm not going to sit out here and call that season. 2013 wasn't a fluke. I don't believe there are, you know, really a lot of flukes in football. But I think there, I think 2013 comes with a perspective. It, you know, there, there's a context in which you can describe 2013. But that being said, you know, that being said about Nick Foles and his history with this team, do not count me as a doom and gloom guy. All right? I'm not a doom and gloom. I'm not all doom and gloom when it comes to the, uh, the Eagles and their chances. You understand? Look, I know I've ripped Nick Foles in the past. I have. I understand. I've, I've, I've ripped him in the past. And, you know, I feel like rightfully so, but you know what? Times have changed. Times have changed. Situations have changed. This situation has, has changed. At least it's changed for me. And it's changed in the sense that given, you know, the situation, I'm good with Nick Foles leading this team. I'm on board. I really am. I am on board with Nick Foles leading this team. You know, 
My feel, in fact, I would go even farther to say that my feelings about my expectations and my feelings about this season have not changed despite the switch at quarterback. If, in fact, it solidifies for me what I have thought all along. And I feel like there are more and more people coming to my side, the bright side, the right side, you know, the right side. And that is with Nick Foles leading this current Eagles team into the playoffs. This once again becomes a house money season. We are playing with house money, you know. If we win the Super Bowl, that's great. That is awesome. That is the greatest thing of all time. We will celebrate. It will be a time like no other. But if for some reason we don't, this season is not a failure. And that is how I felt the entire time. We talking about house money. Whatever happens, I'm good with this year. This was never like people. We're getting into this team and talking about the Super Bowl and what this team could do in the Super Bowl. And they were like, you know what? Oh, this could be like 2004, just better. You know, 2004 with the same, you know, with 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 a better ending. And I'm like, this was never supposed to be a team that you compare to 2004. For me, the year to compare this team to was 2000 because that was a team at the beginning of the run. That was the beginning of the run in 2000. When you look at the, that that level of success and what that team was able to do in the early 2000s when with McNabb and Westbrook and Big Red and all those guys 2000 was the beginning of that run and when they lost in the playoffs that year like for me it was it wasn't heart it wasn't heartache for me I wasn't heartbroken because I felt like this, the future of this team was bright and I talked about this uh with Jovan a couple weeks ago because I was living in Baltimore at the time when the uh when the Eagles lost because that was the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl and for me I wasn't even jealous I wasn't jealous of the Ravens when they won the Super Bowl that year you know I was happy for them I was happy for that fan base that they won a Super Bowl but I felt like, you know, our time was coming. You know, it was like, all right, you know, you feel like this, celebrate this now. But you know what? We going to be there in a couple of years. Because in 2000, we had a young team. We had locked them down for a long period of time. So you knew that this team was going to be together and this team was going to grow. When it was all said and done, it did not end the way we wanted it to end. But nonetheless, at the, at the very beginning, it was all good. It was all good. And that's where I am now. That is where I am now. I just believe that this team will be good for a very long time. So let Nick Foles be quarterback now. You know, the situation is different. This is not a we need to see what happens type of situation. We know what we have with Nick Foles. We don't need to see what we have with Nick Foles. He's the backup quarterback. He's the backup quarterback for the re- for a reason. And... Nothing is going to change that. Carson Wentz is this team's franchise quarterback. So if somebody is asking you, if you're sitting there and you're talking, is there somebody asking you, hey, you know what? What does this team do if Nick Foles wins a championship? You look that person in the eye and you slap that dude in the face. For real. Somebody says, hey, man, you know what? If Nick Foles wins a championship, do you get rid of Carson Wentz or do you stay with Nick? What do you do? Slap that dude. Slap that guy. All right, not really. Don't don't go out there slapping people. All right, I don't do that. All right, but I'm saying, you know where I'm going with this. You know, like people like that deserve to be slapped. Don't don't slap them for real. All right, but just know, and, and even if you have to explain it to them, like just just tell them, like, hey, you deserve to be slapped. And better yet, you know what? Don't just slap that guy. Don't slap don't slap them. They're telling you that they think or suggesting or asking like they don't know what would happen if Nick Foles uh, won a Super Bowl, just tell them, dude, man, sit your ass down. That's what you do. It's all one word. Sit your ass down. For real. Let me explain to you what should happen if the Eagles win a championship with Nick Foles. All right? This is how it should be. You know, we all know that there's going to be a parade. All right? 
when the Eagles win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, there will be a parade. And you put Foles in that front car, that front float or whatever you want to call it, whether it's a fire truck or whatever. You remember when uh, when the Phillies won uh, the World Series and that very first car Pat Burrow was in it? You put Nick Foles in the Pat Burrow car, all right, up in the front, leading the charge, leading the parade. Now understand something. If the Eagles win a Super Bowl, when the Eagles win their first Super Bowl, it will be epic. The parade will be epic. And a parade like this, if the Eagles win, a parade like this, you can't start this parade on Market Street. All right? You can't start at City Hall. You can't even start on the parkway. Eagles win. If the Eagles win a Super Bowl, you got to go the full ride down Broad Street. I'm saying that the Eagle, an Eagles Super Bowl parade should start at Sheltonham Avenue. All the way at the very end of Broad Street. You need to go through the entire city. You need to take the full ride down Broad Street if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, all right? You go all the way down Broad Street. You circle City Hall. You go down the parkway to the art museum. Come back up the parkway. Come back up the parkway. So you're going to go down, and the parade is going to cross itself on the parkway because that's how many people would be there. Like the entire state would be here, all right? The entire state would be there. So you go down, all the way down Broad Street from North Philadelphia. You start basically at Broad and Sheltonham. At the very end of Broad Street, you go down Broad Street to the parkway, down the parkway to the art museum, come back up the parkway back up to city hall you come around then you go down south broad all right this parade has to go has to take the full ride down broad street all right i told toot the barber shout out to toot the barber and the sports shop all right Aton, jeff Mosher, and all that but i told toot i'm like toot when the eagles win the super bowl i'm coming to forte hair salon at Broad and Stanton, I'm going to chill there. That's where I'm going to be because I'm going to go out to Broad Street and watch the parade because the parade needs to go all the way down Broad Street because I'm sure that many people would show up. That many would, that many people would show up, and you got you to gotta take the full ride. The full ride, all right? So we're taking a full ride down Broad Street. We're going down, all right? We're doing all that. And Nick Foles is leading the way in the front in the uh, in the front car, like Pat Burrow. He's in the Pat Burrow car. All right, Nick Foles in the Pat Burrow car. Everyone's loving him. He's going all the way through the city. Like the parade would take like three hours. Like this would be the longest parade ever. But hey, man, it's our first. It would be our first. So bear with us. I don't care. All right, longest parade ever. That's how it needs to be. Okay, we get to the. All right, we go all the way down Broad Street. We get to the link. The team speaks, mayor speaks, everybody who speaks, whatever, whatever. All right, we get to Nick Foles. Nick Foles takes the mic. You know, I'm, I'm going to take the mic out, out, out the mic stand. Watch what I'm He takes the mic, and he's talking to the city. Hey, thank you, Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I love you. We won the Super Bowl. We're the champions. You know, uh, Nick Foles is a Christian, so he's not going to go the Chase Utley route, all right? Okay, that's just not how it's going to go. He's, he's going to keep it clean, but he's just going to say, hey, man, we're the world champions. We're the best in the world. Well, we're the best in the world, but they'd be the best team, best football team in the world, all right? Anyway, he takes the mic. He talks to the fans, whatever. You know, he's greeted by a loud, roaring, standing ovation. You know, we're showing him lots of love. He's getting, you know, showered with love. He's getting showered adoration and appreciation and gratitude to the man who helped bring the Lombardi Trophy to Philadelphia. We show him all this love, all the love he deserves. Everything is great. It's cool, you know, feeling all the love. And he takes that love and he accepts it. Then we send his happy ass on his merry way. And we welcome back Carson Wentz. Because this is his team. End of story. Thank you. God bless you. Good night. That's how it ends. This is like, it would be like, for, for those who are watching, for those who are listening, if you're parents, you know, you ever work late? You ever work late on, on, on a weekday or whatever and you come home from school or school, excuse me. You come home from work. You walk in from work. You know what I mean? Your wife, been, you know, she's been working hard. You know, she's got a nice hot cooked meal for you. 
meal is, you know, meal is, is ready, dinner's ready, you know what I mean? You ready to sit down, enjoy yourself some dinner, and one of your kids is sitting in your chair in the, in at the dinner table. And you got to look at your kid and be like, hey, look, man, daddy's home. You got to get up. That's what it's like if, you know, for Nick Foles as a starting quarterback of this team. It's like Carson Wentz. Yes, I understand that Nick Foles is older than Carson Wentz, but it's like, look, man, hey, man, daddy's home. You got to move aside. Get out of daddy's chair. Stop trying. You know, you're not going to eat daddy's dinner. All right. Daddy, like Chris Rock said, daddy gets the big piece of chicken. All right. We appreciate Nick Foles, if he were to win a championship with this team, but this is Carson Wentz team, and that's the end of the story. And you go, go you go out there as your Super Bowl winning quarterback, you get your big contract with somebody else. All right? That's just how it is. I would appreciate it. I think it would be great if that were to somehow happen. I mean, I'm excited just having told myself that story. You know? But in the end, this is Carson Wentz's team. End of story. Now, look, there's another footnote to this story that I wanted to address. And that is who would be the backup to Nick Foles? You know, now that we have lost our starting, our starting quarterback, our number two quarterback, Nick Foles, has now become our number one quarterback. And that means our number three quarterback, which is Nate, Nate Sudfeld, becomes the number two quarterback. And for me, that's the right decision. You know, he's been here all year. He knows the system. So for me, that, you know, that that progression does not bother me. That's what you're supposed to do. That's a football decision. That's the right decision. I have no issue with that. But I've heard a lot of different people, you know, suggest names that the Eagles should give a call to. One name I've heard. RG3. Eh. Mm. Uh, doesn't really excite me. Uh, but, you know, okay. You know, I, you could make a case for RG3. All right. You know, it, it's it's not ideal, but okay. Another name I've heard, Tony Romo. Two words. Hell no. Just say no to Romo. You stay in the booth. You keep calling game. You are right where you need to be. There's no reason to even call Romo unless, you know, you're just asking him what, you know, unless you're just trying to see how he's doing. We don't need Romo. I'm good on that. Just say no to Romo. But, you know, the elephant in the room, you know, the biggest name that I've heard be mentioned is that of Colin Kaepernick. And as far as Kaepernick goes, you know how I feel. You know how I feel about that, all right? I do believe believe that Colin Kaepernick belongs in the NFL. I do believe that Colin Kaepernick was blackballed out of the NFL. And I believe the only reason Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job now is because of he is because of the fact that he used the NFL as a platform to address injustice in this country. That is how I feel. I've said it a million times. Not really. This this isn't, you know, before you all say, oh, my God, he's getting political. Let me turn this off. No, I, you know, I, that, that's all I got to say about that. You want to hear more about what I feel? You know, go back to the other podcast. Go listen to the other shows. Follow me on Twitter I've, or, you know. I've I've said it before. We don't need to go down that road in this particular uh, conversation. That being said, but that being said about Colin Kaepernick, I do believe that Colin Kaepernick is better than every quarterback that the Eagles have currently on their roster, not named Carson Wentz. I do believe that Colin Kaepernick is a better quarterback than Nick Foles. I do believe that Colin Kaepernick is a better quarterback than Nate Sudfeld. And I don't believe that he will struggle learning the offense. Colin Kaepernick can run the West Coast offense. He can run the run-pass offense. He can run, excuse me, the run-pass option. He'd be fine. He would be. I think the biggest barrier, the biggest uh, obstacle he would have is terminology. Terminology and then, you, you know, and possibly just building up some chemistry with the players that are here. But I believe that Colin Kaepernick could help this team. I do. 
I, 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 I do. But that being said, right now, currently, as we do this show, the Eagles do not need Colin Kaepernick. No, they don't. Not yet. At least not yet. If this was earlier in the season that this happened, maybe. You know, I might be a little more open to it. Hey, do you bring him in? You know, say something like this happens week four, week five. Yeah. But at this point, we're good. What, three games left in the season? You got your... You got your backup. You got a you know you got your backup in Nick Foles. I believe in Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles can do it. He can get the job done. You got Nate Sudfeld. He's a question mark or whatever. But you know, in the end, he's still been here. So there, there is. I feel like a fair level of expectation that if for some reason Nate Sudfeld were to have to get into the game, he could manage the game. Now, reports have come out this week, you know, squashing all that, squashing all that talk, saying, hey, you know what? Eagles said they're not considering Colin Kaepernick. And you know what? In my opinion, that's the right call. That is the right call. I am not questioning that. All right? And understand this. I don't need any of you internet, knowledge yourself, wannabe woke dudes coming at me trying to school me on racism. All right? I don't need that. I know what it, I know what racism is. I know how it works. You don't need me to come in here. Oh man, you just don't get how the system works. You don't know how how the game is played. I know how the game is played. I know how it works. I know that racism is alive. I'm not denying that you know that there isn't racism here. I'm just saying you know what in this particular case it does not apply. I am saying that right now the Eagles do not need. Colin Kaepernick. They don't. Would I like to see him get a job? Yes. Do I think he deserves a job? Yes. Do I think this is the right do I think that this is the right situation for him right now? No. But understand something. If something were to happen to Nick Foles on Sunday or you know, whatever, all bets are off. The whole conversation changes. Right now, with Nick Foles as the number one and Nate Sudfeld as the number two, I'm good. But if something were to happen and now you can't count on Nick, then all bets are off. All right? If we're here next week talking about what are we going to do now that we have lost Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, you better believe that I will be here on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on whatever outlet will allow me to talk, begging and pleading Howie Roseman to give Colin Kaepernick a call. I'll do it myself. I will tweet that man every hour on the hour like, Colin, please come to Philly. Please, 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 please come to Philly. I don't care who from the Eagles if have called you or hasn't called you. I'm asking you to come save this city. You out here trying to save the youth, come save Philly. We, If we're out two quarterbacks, I am begging Colin Kaepernick to come in. Right now, I'm good. You go do you, I'm going to do me. You know, that's just how it is. But in the end, we are good. We are still confident. We're confident, y'all. We can do this, y'all. We can do this. All right. Now you tell me what you think. Are right, you hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports? All right. Tell me what you think of today's show. Tell me what you think of what I of the knowledge that I just dropped. Do you agree? You disagree? You know, I'm the type of person I will answer you. All right. I will. I have no problem interacting with y'all. But I do believe that we're good. I do believe that you know we're gonna go into the to the playoffs. I believe that we can win two games in the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. You know, if you want to say that I'm finally on the Foles train, I'm on it, baby. You know what I mean? I'm on it. I'm on the Foles train. That's what my man Nye D always says. My man Nye D, shout out to Nye. He always says, hey man, get on the Foles train. Well, I'm on board. I believe it. I truly, truly, truly believe it. We'll be fine. All right. So you let me know what you're thinking. I want to thank y'all if y'all watched me on uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook Live. I enjoy like I enjoy that. I enjoy all the people shouting out. In fact, let me let me let me grab this mic. Turn over here and, and uh, 
and uh, thank some people. Kyle, Kyle Jackson, shout out to you, my brother. Thank you. I'm going to do this right here. Give you a like. Wesley Brock said that was true, true statement. Thank you. Give you a like. My man Xavier. Xavier said, hey, man, facts. Thank you, my brother. You get a like. I'm out here like Oprah, man. You get a like. You get a like. You get a like. You get a like. Who else is in there? All right. Coogee Maine. What did he say? All right. Said Nick is actually a really good QB. Glad to have a veteran backup. Me too. Me too. Sam Schaefer said, hey, this team was not supposed to be here. This was projected to be maybe an 8-8 eight and eight squad. You are absolutely right on that. I'm thankful what's been accomplished. Me too. Hey, man, you get a like. He said, but the rest of the team is done. You know, just like the rest of the team, Brian Haver said, next man up, all right? Just like the rest of the team is done this season. You get a like. My man Dave Lycomey, that's a good dude. That's that's my homie. Uh, I have a picture of Dave because Dave is a lifelong uh, Redskins fan. He once bet me on the Eagles and the Redskins, and he lost. I have a picture of him in an Eagles jersey, and I share it to cheer me up all the time. Stephanie uh, said, hey, made me sick watching him get hit like that. You know what? Me too. Me too. Me too. Hey, look, I want to thank you guys for watching the best in the world sports support. Thank you for listening to the best in the world sports support. Just want you guys to know that this podcast comes on phillygoflow.com. That's an online radio station, phillygoflow.com, every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Check me out, all right? I follow the reggae show. There's a reggae show from 5 to 8. Then there's my show, and then there's a show called Early Morning Early Morning 80s that follows me. So you got Dreadlocks, Jerry Curls, and in the middle is me. You hear what I'm saying? Me, in the middle. Check me out, phillygoflow.com, every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. and then Sunday morning at 5 a.m. Let's go, Eagles. Let's beat the Giants. Let's beat the G-Men. We're going to turn them into the Flea Men. Holla at your boy. Thank you for uh, watching the show, and I will check you guys out next week. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Go Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Peace. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. You are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams. Go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com.